Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine, and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim, as ever, is to remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. We aren't going too far back today. In fact, we're going to focus on 2009, when a regally bred cult lived up to that heritage and more by dominating Irish, English and French racing like few others have managed before or since. He was See the Stars. July 2008. The Curra, outside Dublin. An ordinary day. The Jebel Ali Stable maiden stakes at the Curra, over seven furlongs. Lots of two-year-olds getting blooded on the racecourse in a run-of-the-mill maiden. Driving Snow, a future Grade 1 winner in the US, wins. In fourth, running very green and having been trapped on the rails, but just a length behind at the finish, is a colt called See the Stars. It was impossible to guess on that day what the next 18 months would have in store. That See the Stars would never be beaten again, would become undisputed European champion, and would be Ireland's horse of a generation. As with so many other champions, he had the advantage of fabulous genetics. By top miler Cape Cross, out of arc heroine Urban Sea, he was half-brother to the 21st century's top stallion, Galileo. Owned by Hong Kong businessman Christopher Chow, and trained by the understated but gifted John Ox, he went on from his debut to score impressively in Leopardstown, before Ox thought him capable of winning a Group 2, the Beresford Stakes, which he again took readily, if unspectacularly, beating a slew of future big winners in the process. It was clear that he had bags of ability, but his chilled demeanour meant that he was never going to win by a street. His jockey, Mick Kinnan, one of the world's leading big race riders for two decades, and in his final season, sensed that there was something special in the Bay Colt's engine. Therefore, ambitions were high for his three-year-old campaign, but they almost derailed at the start, as he caught a virus in March 2009, making it touch and go as to whether he would reach the 2,000 guineas at Newmarket. He just made it, but bookmakers were aware of his disrupted training, letting him go off at 8-1, to one, a remarkably large price with the gift of hindsight. Having blossomed into a beautiful, strong animal over the winter, and with his preferred good ground underfoot, he quickened readily to win by a length from Gan Amorous. Kinan, who had ridden so many top horses in his long career, was purring afterwards, and believed that, unlike his sire, he would get better over middle distances. The Epsom Derby was consequently a no-brainer, but still he had his doubters, and favouritism eventually went to fame and glory, winner of the top derby trial, the Dante Stakes at York, it was the last time that See the Stars would start odds against. Once again, in remorseless style, he overcame the competition easily, running within himself and still nearly two lengths clear at the finish. In Epsom's small, intense winner's enclosure, amongst the usual hubbub, the inscrutable Kinan jumped off, went to his trainer's ear and whispered, This is one of the greats. He's the best I've ever ridden. He was later to tell journalists that he was going so easily 
that it felt as though the other horses had been racing in slow motion. His next intended target, the Irish Derby, had to be missed as the ground at the Curragh was bottomless, which See the Stars hated. So he was instead pointed at the 10 furlong Eclipse Stakes, the first big race in the UK calendar at Group 1, where the classic generation meet their elders. Despite finding himself in front too early with two furlongs still to go, none of his rivals could find a way past him. And again, the winning distance of one and a half lengths from Rip Van Winkle did not do justice to his evident superiority. In each race, the behemoth of Ballydoyle, Ireland's all-conquering stable run by Aidan O'Brien, threw a different battalion of their colts to try to find flaws in Ox's champion. They always failed. In the Judmonte International at York, over an extended ten furlongs, it was the turn of master craftsmen, who had won several Group 1s since defeat in the Guineas. But it was a repeat of the eclipse, a thunderous pace set by the pacemakers, who then tired early, leaving See the Stars in front too soon, and yet still he galloped on, with no one getting within striking distance. The one-length victory this time was supplemented with a huge new course record. Ox was acutely aware that the Irish public was by now desperate to see their hero run on home soil, and the Irish champion stakes at Leopardstown fitted the bill perfectly. But again the ground was very soft as the day approached. The cunning staff at the course put on a charm offensive, and even moved the rails of the course to use slightly better ground, and Ox decided as a consequence to take a chance. Ballydoyle again threw master craftsman and runaway Irish derby winner Fame and Glory at him, to probe the seemingly exposed champion. It was a fruitless endeavour. He powered away from both in front of a mesmerised crowd, earning a huge time-form rating in the process. Ox reflected afterwards, he's one of those landmark horses that come along every 25 to 30 years, and people will always remember him. Of note here, is that nowhere along the line did Connections even contemplate running in the St. Ledger, where, had he won, he would have been the first UK Triple Crown winner in 39 years. Venerable and historic this old classic may be, but time and again it has proven a step too far to take it in as well as any other major race that autumn. Indeed, the inevitable finale, as with all European middle-distance contenders, was the Arc in early October at Longchamp. But See the Stars had been on the go since April, with no mid-season break. He was surely being asked the impossible, in a very high-class field of 19. He sweated beforehand, and didn't look like the peach he had earlier in the season. Experts asserted that he was probably over the top, and would go the way of so many champions-elect of the past, finding this challenge one step too many. See the Stars indeed pulled hard in the early stages and the magic hands of Kinan let him drop back and find his rhythm. Entering the straight, he was boxed in, and seemed to be without options. And then, Kinan spotted a gap in the rail, and didn't need asking twice. The mighty colt found his turn of foot once more, and powered through the field. At one stage three lengths clear, before being eased at the line. In a strong year, he had become the first, and still only, horse to win the arduous, season-long Guineas-Derby-Arc treble. His luscious pedigree meant that the lure of the breeding shed was preferred to a four-year-old campaign. By the 21st century, the old days of covering 40 mares a year 
had been steamrolled by some fertile types to take in up to a hundred mares in the northern hemisphere, and then roughly the same again in the southern. Money definitely spoke, but no one really begrudged his retirement. As See the Stars took every award going at the end of season awards, the verbal battles began about how good he was. In the blue corner, superlatives were thrown around with reckless abandon. Both Ian Balding and Pat Eddery, forever associated with other greats Mill Reef and Dancing Brave, respectively, echoed each other's words in calling him right up there with the best. The different ratings organisations were notably equivocal, with his figures and accompanying commentary varying considerably. Part of this was because it was hard to gauge the quality of his opponents, and part was because he never did more than he had to. Crushing his opposition by ten lengths was just not for him. In the red corner, Brigadier Gerard's former jockey, Joe Mercer, was less enthused by the apparent hype. He said, You can't have a best horse you've ever seen every other year. Half the people who are saying he's the best they've ever seen aren't old enough to have seen the best horses. I'm going back to the 1950s with Rebo. See the star's own jockey, Mick Kinnan, begged to differ. And when posed the hypothetical question a few years later, about whether he thought his mount or the mighty Frankel was better, he didn't hesitate. See the stars. There was never a horse that could drag him to his limit. See the stars was never tested. As stated repeatedly in these podcasts, it is essentially an unwinnable debate, fueled more by emotion than cold hard logic. Regardless, all agreed that this colt was special. Ox spoke for many. He's perfect. The perfect racing machine. He is the point to which thoroughbred breeding, after 300 years, has arrived. And for once, the hyperbole felt justified. To find out more about See the Stars and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and share the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.